Hello, everybody. Again, this is Anthony Harris with Looking Back Moving Forward. Thank you for tuning in this time. I'm going to have some share with you some thoughts uh, today about what's been going on in our country. You have been keeping up with the news. I've been keeping up with the news. I'm I'm really a news junkie, and I, I lay claim to that, and I'm very proud to say that I'm a news junkie. It really started with my mother. My mother was a faithful viewer of the old. Uh, those who might remember the Huntley Brinkley report that was on came on at 530, 5.30 Central Time and uh, was over at 5.45. That was the national news. It was only 15 minutes and CBS and um, ABC had theirs. But uh, Huntley Brinkley were the, uh, the anchors for the NBC evening news. But my mother used to watch news all the time and, and we would do what... Daisy did, which is to watch the news, and and as we became older, we were, we remained very much faithful to the watching of the news to keep up with what's going on in the world and our country, and particularly during the civil rights movement. And after she, um, later on, my mother became very known uh, among her friends and family. She was an avid CNN watcher, and she would often watch CNN for hours at a time and and could keep up with the latest actions and things that are going on in, in the world and, and in the country. And she had a habit and she's, she was known to call people on the phone and ask them, are you watching CNN? You need to watch this story, baby. It's just something else. And so she was very much tuned in to what was going on in the, in the world and in, in our country. And uh, I have maintained that. My brothers both uh, continue that viewing habit. I think some of my nieces and nephews have also started to do that. So we, we when I say I'm a news junkie, I, I give credit to Daisy Harris for instilling in me that that yearning and that desire to to keep up keep up with what's going on in the in the world and to watch TV and to get facts and and so forth. But uh, before I go any further, I, I want to send out my thoughts and prayers and. For those people in Kentucky and other states who were affected by the tornado over the weekend, very devastating uh, tornado. I think over 100 people uh, in several states lost their lives. I have a nephew who lives in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Checked on him. He's doing well. He sent some video of uh, some of the damage at his apartment complex in Bowling Green. Uh, thank God he's safe. Um, lots of damage around where he lives, but. Uh, Whitney is doing well, so uh, Whitney, I don't know if you're listening to this, but <clears throat> hope you are. Continue to stay safe, and you're in our thought and thoughts and prayers. But I think it also, we, we've been seeing lots of strange weather patterns, hot to cold, hot to cold, and rainy and tornado season during uh, the month of December. You don't usually see hurricanes in December. I mean, not hurricanes, but tornadoes during December. And we're seeing those now. And... You know, I'm, I say it's all due to climate change. And certainly there are lots of people out there who are climate change deniers who don't believe that you know, these changing weather patterns have anything to do with the, the warming of the planet, the changing of the climate, and so forth. But, um, you know, I believe the scientists, and there are many scientists, saying that there is a link between these catastrophic weather events and the climate change in our country and around the world, rather. So I uh, thoughts and prayers to, to those people who were um, 
affected, whose lives have been turned up down, turned upside down, and the um, those people who lost lives and uh, loved ones of, of those whose lives are, are gone, we we pray that they will be strong and get through this. It's a terrible, terrible situation. Some other some other things that have happened over the uh, the past week or so that has garnered a lot of attention nationally is the um, the Supreme Court hearing uh, on the Mississippi abortion law. And uh, I was intrigued by actually being able to listen live as the, the justices in the Supreme Court were uh, questioning and uh, the, the lawyers on both sides of the issue and to have them respond to those questions and the, you know, the back and forth there that you might see in a, in, a, in an interview or something, but it was quite intriguing. And most observers of that hearing uh, walked away uh, believing that uh, the U.S. Supreme Court is indeed going to overthrow the Roe versus Wade um, decision that was handed down in 1973 because this Mississippi law uh, is so uh, draconian. I think it's, it's like 15 weeks if, if a woman is pregnant and, and she waits that 16th week, then it will become illegal for her to, um, to terminate her pregnancy. And we know uh, the whole debate over uh, abortion is a, is a great divide in this country. I think when you look at most of the polls, they will show you that, that most people in this country, the majority of people in this country, uh, believe that a woman has a right to choose how she wants to deal with a pregnancy. And of course, the, the vocal minority in this case, uh, many conservatives and, and, and others, believe that a woman should not have that choice. They claim that this is a pro-life issue. Uh, I say it's not a, really a pro-life issue, it's a pro-birth issue for them. Because after the baby is born, <clears throat> and the life of that, that, that child uh, is not quite as, uh, they're, they're not quite as supportive and, and uh, enraged when that, that child has to deal with some of the challenges that, that children have to deal with today. So as long as um, uh, it's after the birth of the baby, there is, there's not that much concern. You hear all this criticism from people who, who say these kids are just lazy, they're on welfare, and they don't want to work and all those kinds of things. And, and they do all, you know, just, um, so they, they're not as supportive of them. They're not as loving and caring for children after they're born. It's only while they're in the, in the mother's womb. But I think one of the issues that came um, through to me was something that uh, Sonia Sotomayor, uh, the Supreme Court Justice, Sonia Sotomayor, um, she, she pointed out that the people who wrote this bill in Mississippi in 2018 uh, actually said, we think the reason we want this law to pass is because we now have a majority conservative Supreme Court. And because of their politics of being conservatives, now is the best time to pass this bill because now Donald Trump has placed people on the Supreme Court who will overrule Roe. Well, uh, Sotomayor really... Um, she focused in on those comments and, and talked about, uh, I want to see if I get this quote correct, and she said, um, will this institution survive the stench that creates in the public perception 
that the Constitution and its readings and, and renderings are just political acts. And she said, I don't see how it's possible. She noted that the sponsors of the 2018 Mississippi abortion law, which would ban most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, has said that they were pushing ahead with the legislation and the court challenge because, quote, we have new justices on the Supreme Court. So she brought up a really good point is that um, the stench, and that's a good word, very graphic word that she is using to, um, to point out that this is, um, this is highly political and it was done for political reasons. The health of the child is not the issue. Uh, the health of the, the mother doesn't seem to be an issue with, with these individuals who are opposed to a woman's right to choose. Um, you, you hear these stories about, you know, a woman, I, I heard a story recently, there was a woman who um, had, had to take a, a, a baby to term. And the doctors told her that if she did, she was going to die. But under the rules at that time, she could not um, end the pregnancy, could not abort the, the, the fetus. And she ended up dying, the baby ended up dying, and uh, there was just no protection for her. What really galls me about some of these people is that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, what's next? What happens? Uh, do you think that's going to end abortions in this country? No, it is not going to end abortions in this country. People will still get abortions. They just won't be as safe. Women were getting uh, uh, abortions for many, many years prior to 1973. And they were having those uh, abortions performed in very unsafe, unsanitary uh, conditions. And unfortunately, you're going to see lots of poor women uh, seeing that as their only option for having control of their reproduction, reproductive options. Uh, wealthy women uh, will be able to fly to any uh, state in this country where abortions are still uh, legal, and they'll be able to, to get what they want. Um, but again, it's going to be the poor people in this country, the poor women in this country specifically, who are going to suffer the most. So when they say, you know, we're pro-life, we care for the child, no, you're pro-birth. You, you don't really support those programs. You're very critical of those programs that support children. You call it communism. You call it socialism. And once that child is out of the womb, that's all you're concerned with. And, and that's not pro-life. That is not pro-life at all. So some other things that have been going on that I wanted to, to share with you is um, uh, the ongoing battle with um, COVID-19 deniers and anti-vaxxers and as we see, though, there's a new variant of the COVID virus, the Omicron. You know, Delta is still around, and Delta is still very lethal. It's still killing lots of people, but Omicron appears to be not as lethal, but it is, it is just as transmissible as, as Delta. But there are still some people out there promoting this nonsense that COVID is not an issue. Ron Johnson, who is a senator from Wisconsin, he is known to, to make some very outlandish and outrageous uh, baseless kinds of comments. He said the other day, and I'm not, this is not hyperbole here, he actually said that if people would just gargle with mouthwash, that will kill the coronavirus. Yes, that's what he said. If people would just gargle with mouthwash, 
that will kill the coronavirus. And believe me, there are going to be people who try to do that. Just as there were people who uh, ingested uh, disinfectant when Donald Trump said, you know, just, just ingest some of these uh, uh, this disinfectant and it'll kill the coronavirus. There were people who tried that. This um, ivermectin, I think that's the term, that's the name of that drug that people are using that's used for, for horses. A version of it is used to, to treat parasites in horses. Yeah, these these um, anti-vaxxers, these, <laughs> these conspiracy theorists, all these people, they start saying, now go ahead and, and take that. That'll, that'll take care of the virus. And some of those people did, and, and they ended up not surviving. Which brings me to another point about why are these Republicans like Ron Johnson, like Fox News, and Ted Cruz, and all these people, why are they so anti-vax? Why are they promoting this? And because they know that there is a, a, a portion of the population that is so gullible, that is so malleable, that so easily influenced with nonsense. Because they, these guys have already had their shots. They've had their shots. They've had their boosters. The people over at Fox News, they've all had their shots. But yet they're on their daily talking about Fauci and Fauci is this and Fauci is that. And, and vaccines don't really work and you don't need to wear a mask. It's a matter of personal liberty. No, it's not about personal liberty, folks. It's about health. It's about your treating people who... Who, are, who may be susceptible to this illness, to this virus, having enough respect and enough humanity about yourself to say, I'm going to put the mask on, I'm going to get a vaccine, not just for myself, but to keep other people who may be infected by this virus. To me, that's just, that's just common sense 101. I wonder how, what would it have been like back in the days of when they were developing a vaccine for polio? Development back vaccine for diphtheria, mumps, measles, rubella, uh, smallpox. You know what? What if these anti-vaxxers had had their way? I think there have been a lot of people uh, would not have made it through that period. And, and that's the thing that I find so puzzling is that some of these people are saying, you know, the government doesn't have a right to tell me uh, that I have to be vaccinated in order to send my kids to school. Oh yes, they do. In order any public school in this country, you have to show a record of being vaccinated against certain um, childhood diseases like diphtheria and tetanus. You have to have all of those shots. And people just go ahead and get those shots done and they take their records to the school so the kids can register. So why are they making a, such a, 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 a negative, uh, having such a negative reaction with COVID? Well, I think we all know why. And it's it's become a political issue. It's no longer for many people, a public health issue. Donald Trump, as we know, initially said it was a hoax, that it was uh, it was a conspiracy among people, the mainstream media and the Democrats to make him look bad. Over 800,000 people since that time have perished, have lost their lives because of this, this deadly virus. And there are still people um, walking around, running around, unvaccinated. And there are lots of reasons. There are, there, there are medical, legitimate, legitimate medical reasons for people not being vaccinated. Some people just can't run the risk. There are people with, with heart conditions or with uh, transplants and so forth. They really, it's really a risk for them. And I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about those people who, who don't want to get the vaccine simply because 
they look at it, they look at it as a personal liberty issue, not as a public health issue. And because Donald Trump um, and the conservatives have divided this thing, if you are pro-vaccine, then you must be liberal. You must be a Democrat, and which is which is nonsense on its face because. Um, Republicans get the vaccine just like Democrats and the vaccine I mean they, the virus doesn't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat and you know Jim Jordan talks about you know we are we're done real Americans are done with COVID but COVID is not done with real Americans it's still out there and it's still dangerous and people like Jim Jordan and Ron Johnson and some of these um, I don't I just be kind and, and extend grace to them these very much um, misguided, misled <laughs> um, individuals. What's ironic about it is that the people who are listening to them are their supporters, are members of their base, their political base. They're telling these people basically, don't worry about getting a a, a, a COVID vaccine. Just gargle with with uh, Listerine or or something or Scope, and you'll be okay. Well, these people, if they continue to do that, take that kind of unsound, non-medical advice from people who are not doctors, then those, are, those people may not be around. Ron Johnson, you are, you are eroding your base. You, you're, and Jim Jordan, you are eroding your base because so many of those people are not going to be healthy enough, may not even be around. So, you know, why are you doing this? You should be taking care not only of your own supporters, but other people around the country. So um, the whole thing with uh, with COVID and the vaccine, I've just, I've had both of my shots with uh, Pfizer. I've also had my, my booster. I've had my flu shot. I wear my mask still. I go into places where they ask, if it's a grocery store, for example, they will just, we encourage you to wear a mask. Um, and I do because until somebody tells me officially the pandemic is over, we have nothing more to worry about. Until that happens, I will continue to wear my mask. And if I'm making an error in wearing it, I'd rather err on the side of saving somebody's life, taking care of my own life, and not transmitting a deadly virus. That's the side, that's the, the error that I would like to be able to commit. Well, some more things that have been going on. Um, you know, I've had this conversation, I've, I've mentioned this before with other people, and that is about the, um, the fragility of our democracy right now. I think our democracy is, is in a very fragile place. I think we are on the precipice of maybe losing this, this democracy. And it used to be that those people who advocated for dictatorships, advocated for authoritarian types of, of um rule in this country. They used to be on the fringes, but now those people have become very, very much mainstream. They are the people who went to um, Washington, D.C. On, on, on January 6th. Uh, there was a poll the other day that said that over 50 percent of the people who participated in that insurrection were white-collar workers. It used to be they, people thought, well, you know, the fringe element, they are uneducated people and they they're just out there, you know, just, just some knuckle, knuckleheads. But what we're finding is that uh, this, this bent towards um, authoritarianism is becoming mainstream. Um, people who participated in that 
insurrection on January 6th of this year uh, are running for public office and they're getting elected and they are running for school board and they're getting elected and and then these legislatures and this is the other part that really worries me is that these legislatures are they have passed these uh, voter suppression laws they've done they've done all type of gerrymandering and they have uh, passed what's called voter um, subversion laws where they are going to subvert the, the will of the people you know there was a time when the secretary of state of a, of a state was a the person who certified the the vote count in an election and in georgia and some of these other places they've taken that power away from the uh, secretary of state and why did they do that because donald trump said that there was cheating going on in georgia so what the the georgia republican legislature has done is that and in some of these other states, and I think Texas is included, they said, we're going to reserve the right as the, as a legislature, the Republicans are in the majority. If there's a county that we think uh, is doing some things that uh, run counter to the way we think the election ought to be going, for example, if they think Republicans ought to win a particular county or a particular part of the state, then... Um, they can go in and, and replace those election workers who are volunteers with their own partisan people. And they can go in and manipulate the ballots and manipulate the ballot count. And it's just that it's going to be just that easy for these people to try to. Um, and they talk about stop the steal. You know, this is this is where the real steal is going to come in when these people get into these um, situations where they they start doubting and that was the whole purpose of trump's whole um, big lie was to undermine the confidence that people have in the electoral process in this country and he did the bidding uh, for vladimir putin and the rest of the dictators around the country who do not believe in democracy who do not believe in one person one vote um, you know he's he's just spread so many lies about uh, the election saying that it was stolen, it was fraudulent. And in some people's minds, they, they start believing that. And, and that's the thing that, that rubbed me the wrong way, is that people like Ted Cruz and others, they said, you know, we, we need to have a, an audit because so many people believe that there was fraud committed. Well, it's one thing to believe. You can believe anything you want to believe. But if you don't have the evidence to support that belief, then you're just spewing nonsense. You are just engaging in a bunch of... Uh, baseless um, commentary that's going to destroy this country. I don't know why they can't figure that out. And I think they have gone down this rabbit hole and, they, and, and they've gotten on that slippery slope and they don't really know how to get out of that rabbit hole. They don't know how to get off that slippery slope. The, the Republicans in this, in, this, uh, in this country, I think they're going to unfortunately follow the lead of, of Lindsey Graham, who said today that um, if Republicans don't uh, follow um, and have a good relationship with Donald Trump, they're not going to be successful. And he was speaking mainly to Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. If they don't start doing what Donald Trump tells them to do, then they're, they're not going to be successful. Now, that's a shame, okay? That, that tells you how weak that party is. When they get to the point where this one person who, who has so much control over the Republican Party and this is somebody who lost the popular vote 
2016. He lost the popular vote in 2020. He's been impeached twice. Yet this is somebody they seem to have fear of. Why do they fear him? Well, they fear him because he is he's a hope to those people who believe that this country's future is at stake uh, because of the changing demographics in this country. Uh, they have a fear of the, the browning and the, and the darkening of, of America. And they see that as these demographics change and black and brown people gain more political power and, and increase in their numbers and so forth, that becomes a threat to them. It becomes a threat to their way of life. And they're doing everything they can to hold on to that. Um, you hear Tucker Carlson talking about replacement theory, something that that Hitler talked about, that uh, they, he, he says that all of these brown and, and black people are going to come to this country to replace what he calls real Americans, and he's talking about white Americans, folks. And, and that's the nonsense. That's the, those ideas used to be on the fringe, as I was saying earlier. Those, used to be, those people used to be called crazy people. But now, it, those thoughts and those, that rhetoric has entered the mainstream. And let's just be aware of it. Let's be vigilant. I'm not sure, you know, we've got to vote because these people, they want Donald Trump. He, he, they want to set up this authoritarian regime. They want to get rid of any laws, any beliefs. And, and the, the, the other weird thing about it is, and this may not be, may not be so weird, but it's certainly uh, revealing about them, is that in their mind, if Republicans win, then it was a fair election, right? If Republicans win, it's a fair election. If Democrats win, oh, that was cheating. That was fraud. And that's, that is just that's And why people can't see how transparent that, that, that irrational, illogical way of thinking is. I mean, if it's fraud, then both sides ought to suffer from it. But no, as long as Republicans win, oh, that was a, that was a clear, uh, clean election. But if a Democrat wins, oh, they must have been cheating. Why do they think that? Well, because they're, they realize that their policies and their numbers just don't add up anymore. So in order for them to maintain the, the authority and the power and the dominance, they gerrymander to reduce the number of uh, black and brown people in these state legislatures and they redistrict things so that the 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 power and and the potency of, of a black community or a black section of a of a county they they dilute that so that uh, it, it makes it very difficult and very challenging for a black person to win public office and we just have to keep keep uh, keep thinking about that and you know because these people want to destroy democracy. Yet they will be the first ones who will get up and recite the Pledge of Allegiance and, 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 and sing the Star Spangled Banner and salute the flag. They will do all those things, but they don't get one whit about the Constitution, about the peaceful transfer of power from one administration to the next. No, they believe that they should go to Washington, D.C., stage an insurrection, invade the Capitol, beat up some people, knock down windows, threaten to hang people, threaten to shoot people, do all these things. That's their play. 
That's their idea of democracy. That's what you see in Eastern European countries. That's what you see in some other non-democratic countries. You see people breaking into the capital, wanting to destroy democracy. And that's what happened on January 6th. And I hope um, that committee um, will find out what, what happens, but it, it all hinges on what happens in 2022. If the Republicans take over the House, guess what's going to happen to that select committee? They're going to go away because Republicans certainly don't want anybody to know what happened during January 6th and what led up to January 6th um, with that insurrection. Uh, a couple more things, and then I'll, I'll call it quits for today. I was watching the other day, um, Fox News, uh, Christmas tree burned in New York City. There was a homeless man who set fire to the tree, and it, it completely engulfed it and uh, destroyed the tree, and that's, that's regrettable. But what Fox, how, how some of their, their um, personalities and some of their commentators and some of their people there, how they reacted to that, they saw the burning of that Christmas tree as some conspiracy among Democrats to get rid of Christmas. They said that the, the burning of that tree was an attack on Christmas. Yes. Someone had to point out to them that the Christmas tree has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus. It's a pagan tradition. It's something we've been doing, but the Christmas tree has no relationship to the birth of Jesus and the real reason for Christmas. And, and they just keep you know, promoting this notion that somehow liberals want to, <laughs> want to destroy Christmas because a Christmas tree was, was put on fire. And... One of the commentators on CNN, I, she's become one of my favorites, uh, Brianna Kaler, uh, Kyler, I think is how her last name is, is pronounced. Brianna Keeler, I'm sorry. And I'm just going to quote something she said here. Uh, she said, uh, at Fox News, when the target is a Christmas tree at their workplace, it's a sacrilege. But when the target is a seat of American democracy, it's not. Just imagine if Fox hosts could muster for an armed attack on the Capitol the same outrage that they did for their Christmas tree. Perhaps some of the almost half of Republicans who think January 6th was a legitimate protest might actually see, might see it for what it really was. And basically what she's saying here is that Fox News, they still say that the insurrection was no insurrection. They still claim that it was just a regular tourist day and that, you know, it's been blown out of proportion. Some even say it was, um, it was a false flag, that it was not really an insurrection. It was uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter. They're the ones who were responsible for it. But we know that's not the case. The, the video shows how the police were treated, how congressmen, uh, representatives and senators and so forth, how they feared for their lives when they were these people were, were shouting and yelling and calling for Mike Pence to be hanged, for people wanting to kill Nancy Pelosi. Those were, that was real. And, and Fox News has now downplayed all of that. And they're, out, they're more outraged, in other words, about a Christmas tree burning than they are about the, the attempt to overthrow the government, the attempt to... Um, stage this insurrection led on by their dear leader, Donald J. Trump. 
Well, that's the world we live in today, folks. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can do something. I don't want any of us to feel helpless and hopeless. Uh, we have to keep hope alive. And we have to get out and vote. We have to be uh, very intentional in, in, in what we do. We have to listen. We have to educate ourselves. And we have to be courageous. We can't just sit on the sidelines and, and just be passive and, and just watch all of this stuff happening and, and let it become normalized. And that's the thing that they're counting on. That's why it's seeped into the mainstream now because there's very little objection to this craziness and to these attempts to undermine democracy in this country. And, and the more that becomes normalized, the more people will get used to it. They won't be, they won't be as shocked when someone does something else outrageous, when the next group goes up and tries to uh, invade the Capitol. And um, I remember 1995, uh, I was part of the Million Man March in Washington, D.C. And there were a million black men there. Not once, not once did anybody contemplate, let alone try to invade the Capitol. You know, that, if you want to, not, and again, not everybody on January 6th were, were white. The majority of them were. There were some uh, some people of other nationalities and other ethnicities there. But had that been a group of black people who were so upset with their government, had invaded the Capitol, had threatened to hang Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, if they had threatened to just, and, and just, just start beating police, what do you think would have happened? Does anybody really think that would have ended the way this thing is ended? These people are going to jail, but many of them are going to jail for like 45 days. There's some going to get more jail time than that. But that, that bothers me that so many of these people are just getting off with a slap on the wrist. And, but I think, as someone has pointed out before, January 6th was just, was just step one. That was, that was the, the test case. And they, they, they see just how far they can go. And if these future elections don't go the way they want them to go again, if Republicans take over um, the, the House, there won't be any discussion about fraudulent elections. If they fail to take over the House, you're going to see an uprising on the part of the right in, in Fox News. Because if the, if, the, if the Democrats maintain control of the Senate or even, even increase their numbers and, and maintain control of the House of Representatives, they're just going to lose it, folks. And in January 6th, will probably seem like a, a picnic, a, just a walk in the park, because these people are they're serious. They want Donald Trump. They're part of this cult. They want him back in power, and and they they just they don't believe in democracy. They don't believe in the Constitution, and 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 why people can't see through that, why they can't realize that these people they they don't want to see this country move forward. They want it to go backwards. They want it to go back to the time when uh, the demographics were different, and and and. White people in this country, rich people in this country, controlled everything. And those days are gone. That, that train has already left the station, folks. It's not going to change. And, and because, because it's not going to change, and because those people who want to see a change 
are, are not going to give up and trying to do something about it. I think that provides a perfect storm for some very serious uh, things to happen in our country. But uh, again, we can do something. We don't have to. Um, we don't have to take this. We have to get out and vote. We have to turn out those people and get rid of those people who don't believe in democracy. Uh, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Lauren Boebert, the Loma, uh, Louis Gohmert's, uh, the Jim Jordans, those people are very toxic and they, they really don't care about, they care about one thing and that's power. And they don't care what, what they do with that power as long as they have the power. And, and to them, it's a, it's a zero sum game. If they, if they win, you lose. If they lose, you win. And they don't want to lose. They will do everything they can to maintain their power. So let's not, let's not lament. Let's not get too down in the dumps about it. But let's be realistic that this is, this is real. Uh, people really do want to see this country go, to, go in a direction it hasn't been in some time. And you know, maybe back to the Civil War and blue states against the red states and all of that nonsense. And um, there are people who, who are ready, politicians who are really ready and, and have already done so, call for violence um, um, to do what they call uh, take back America. Okay, that's it for tonight, folks. I've, uh, I will catch you on another um, podcast, another episode of my podcast. I hope to do maybe one or two more before Christmas. But if I don't, please... Uh, I want to say to you, wish you a Merry Christmas. I, um, I can't sing, and I'm not going to even attempt to do that, but I like to uh, channel my inner Nat King Cole uh, when he's saying, um, although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Good night.